Hello and welcome back to the G63 Club. I'm your host, Loren Mannix. If this is your first time joining, make yourself comfortable. I hope you had a good week. You can just sit back, relax, enjoy the show. I have been so excited to have this guest on. Since I even decided I wanted to do a podcast, I was like, I need to get Lara on. So I want to introduce to everybody, Lara Smith, Lusume CEO, founder. Now you have Some. You yes. also wrote an amazing book. So do you want to give yourself a little intro oh, on anything I missed? Thanks, darling. So nice to be here with you. Oh, you're British now. Right? I might go in and out of a British accent That's okay. to the horror we of my children. Uh, I'm just a Lorenz super fan, and I'm a mom, and I'm a entrepreneur. I'm a wannabe tennis player and yoga enthusiast. Um, but yeah, thanks for having me today. Oh my gosh, no thank you for coming. This is so surreal for me. I have known you since I was 14. But pretended you were 15, but that's yes, okay. Yeah. that's the story for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but ever since then, I feel like you've acted as such a mentor for me, you know, as a person, but also business-wise as well. I mean, like, there are days where I was working as a little assistant for you, yes. running around, yeah. dropping off flyers. Yeah. We had some failed things together. We had some good things together. It's really been a... It's been a long yeah. experience, and I mean, despite any situation, we're always rocking out together, just me oh, and yes. you, yeah. and it's just so refreshing to get to actually, you know, sit down and ask some of the more, you know, professional questions, but also a way to keep it fun, and I think that everybody in the club can learn so much from this woman, and I feel like you're just really able to commit yourself to every aspect of your life, and also have some time for yourself as well, doing yoga. Um, so yeah, just I want to kind of hear about how you can balance all of your roles. Mm -hmm. That is such a good question. I get this question a lot because I must fake it really well. <laughs> but the truth is, there's going to be points of time in your life where you have to really le lean into something specific. Mm -hmm. You're one of your children might be up to something and mm. they need resources from you or your business could be struggling. I fought off a hostile takeover three years ago. So that took all my time and energy. So mm. um, in the end on balance, if things look like they're, it's like trying to keep all the balls in the air, right? right. There's some days where you keep all the balls mm -hmm. in the air mm -hmm. and some days you go to bed, it's like, man, I dropped one. Yeah. But don't drop the important ones. Like, right. yeah. So right. it's, it's, it's every day is a bit of a chase for that mm. ultimate balance. I just don't think it really exists. So then how do you come back from, you know, when you do like drop a ball and you're yeah. like, or you feel like you're kind of like stretched too thin? Like yeah. how do you go about, you know, compartmentalizing? Okay, what do I need to put my energy into? Who can I rely on for support? Mm. And what do I just need to like let go of? You hit on a couple really great things there. You need a village around you, especially a single mom, mm -hmm. um, business owner. You need to have those friends that you can call and say it's 911 time. Mm -hmm. And they just know and they come mm -hmm. over with food. Um, when you go to sleep and you, you reflect on the positives of your day, that's mm -hmm. how you can flip upside down, maybe dropping a ball. Right. It's like, hold on, I was able to sneak away from work to go to my son's concert today. That is a mm -hmm. huge win and I had that experience. Right. Meanwhile, I missed a deadline on something. But right. you just, I go to bed every night feeling 
um, you know, what am I grateful for and what did I do well and try not to focus on the oddball that I dropped. I love that. I feel like so many people could kind of use that strategy. I think it's easy when you're alone at night and, you know, your mind's running and you finally have that peace and quiet to think like, what did I do wrong? What do I need to do tomorrow? I mean, even me, like I've got such bad ADHD before I go to bed. I have like lists that I make. I'm like, I have to remember I got to do this form tomorrow. I have to submit this assignment tomorrow. And it's like, I think I'm definitely going to take that away from mm -hmm. this conversation. I hope everybody else does too. It's like when you go to bed, pick out something that was good today and, you know, kind of just prioritize what's important. Yeah, and I think yeah. like, you know, a deadline, mm -hmm. yeah, that's really important for your business. But at the end of the day, your son is totally. way more important. Yeah. You would yeah. drop anything for him. Yeah. And I also appreciate, you know, how you talk about having a village around you and how, you know, you need to rely on people. Mm -hmm. But I also want you to recognize too that you are that person to me all the time. Aww. You are someone that can drop anything. Like it's, even if you're going through the busiest time, I just know if I text you and I'm like, I need to call or, you know, I need some advice. Like I feel like you're just able to do that. I think we've talked about this before where sometimes you just have to say no. Yes. But it's good yeah. to be supportive, but also yeah. like, how do you kind of know when to, you know, when it's the other end? Mm -hmm. You're the village of your friend or mm -hmm. me or your kids and they're needing something from you. When is it kind of like, a balance to decide, okay, I don't have the capacity to do mm -hmm. this, you know? Oh gosh, that's so important. Mm -hmm. I dusted people out of my life six years ago that weren't, uh, it wasn't a mutually fulfilling relationship. Mm -hmm. Either they sucked too much energy out of my family mm -hmm. or there was negative energy all the time. So I went through a full cleanse. Mm -hmm. So who's left in my life are super important quality people that I would drop everything for. And right. I think, I don't know if it's, um, as women, we collect over time friends or we feel obligated to a high school friend, even mm -hmm. they're, though they're a maniac and they always right. take advantage of you. Right. Um, I just, for my own sanity and to prioritize children, relationship, mm -hmm. and business, there's six friends I just had to say goodbye to. Right. They, hopefully they're not listening, but yeah. If you're um, watching this, sorry. <laughs> so in, for you, because of who you are and you all great people gravitate to your special energy so you know yes I would drop it anything mm -hmm. for you because that's how precious you are oh. to me and millions of others Loren thank you that's so sweet oh you're gonna cry I'm sure we'll get there <laughs> I'm sure we will so I think that one thing I kind of want to talk about with you that I think you know so many people watching this can benefit from and I know I've been dying to know myself is having the amount of life experience that you do have yes. I mean, even though you look like you're 25. Thank you. I think that you have been able to see, you know, so many amazing things, amazing opportunities, but you've also had to pick yourself up mm -hmm. after obstacles. So mm -hmm. first from a business standpoint, mm -hmm. you know, what's some advice you'd give to someone that's entering a period of change or a new career? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just like what, what have you learned along the way? Something that's really important, especially as us entrepreneurs, is to learn how to focus on one thing to be famous for. Um, I got a little distracted with the next shiny thing over the course of my career, especially as I started my business and I was being invited to boards and I was being pitched new ideas for offshoots for my brand that would deviate away from kind of our core mission, which was helping women to sleep better. Right. So I would get distracted and and what what ultimately caused almost losing my company was I lost focus on the core of the business right. and what was really important. So mm -hmm. try 
to stay focused and mm-hmm. don't get caught up on you know the next intoxicating idea right. and really follow through and became become famous for one thing right before you start to try and do too many things too many things that yeah. consume energy in the end it's about resources time and mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. and we only have so much of either right. or both right? right so you want to focus your resources into one thing that will make you famous right. before you go too far right and that was a hard lesson for me to learn and that's one thing that honestly I'm gonna take a lot from because I'm starting Golden 63 as you know I see it as becoming a personal brand that can you know form let's say an empire for lack yes. of a better word like I, like I want to be able to have like maybe clothing maybe skincare you know I want to be able to have multiple things but I think even right now like I am getting so excited about what's next what's next what's mm-hmm. next and it hasn't even started yet you know I mean yeah. all the planning has started but I think that, you know, I'm definitely going to take that advice. And I think that anybody who's watching this and is getting excited about things, it's easy to get carried away. And I think, like you mm-hmm. said, it's important to not really lose, you know, your core values mm-hmm. and lose the kind of goal that you're working towards. So I definitely am going to use that advice. Not that you don't want to think big and right. have this master vision. Like mm-hmm. we've got a five-year strategic plan. I always encourage that with women that I mentor to, mm-hmm. to know the road you're going down, mm-hmm. but along the way, there's stops that have to be accomplished before you take on something else. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've been a mentor for me personally and professionally for a long time, and I kind of want to know who's your mentor. Like, who do you mm-hmm. go to for advice? And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's someone you know, or maybe it's just someone you're watching online. Like, who, mm-hmm. who's your mentor? I've been so lucky to have many, and I call for different reasons, Mm -hmm. but my ultimate mentor would have to be my my former boss um, in Toronto, who I started working for at a period of time in my career, my early Mm -hmm. 20s, when I thought I knew so much, and she was really good about kind of humbling me and taking me under her wing and making me want to climb this mountain with her. the combination of, of wisdom and mm-hmm. um, support at the time of my life that really mattered. So she was a special one. And do you still keep in touch with her at all? No. She passed away of breast cancer, um, effing cancer. I yeah, know. yeah, just too many good ones. I was listening to this amazing speaker, Mark Inglis is I believe his name, and what his presentation was on was compassionate storytelling Mm -hmm. as a way to kind of like, you know, connect with a different audience, but also being very considerate of not exploiting the subject. So in his case, he works for the Cape Breton uh, Hospital Foundation, Um, that might not be the exact right name, I'll I'll put it below, but um, he works to raise money. in order for him to do that, he tells everybody's stories. So when he was presenting to this, it was an auditorium, like it was mm-hmm. in an old cineplex, like it's huge. When he was presenting to everybody, he was talking about a woman, I believe her name was Bethany, who had passed from pancreatic cancer. And as you can imagine, I start bawling. I'm like looking at the co-op student that's next to me, and I'm like so embarrassed that I'm crying, and I look back, and she's bawling too, and I'm like, okay, we're in this together. and like. His story was so impactful because I was like, this is exactly what I needed to hear because, you know, with my brand, I want, like, my mom encompasses, like, 
every part of me. I want to show that. Yeah. But I also don't want it to be something where it's like, oh, I, I want you to feel bad about this, so this is why you're going to gravitate mm -hmm. towards it. And I know that breast cancer hits very close to home mm -hmm. for you as your sister. Yeah. Beat breast cancer, mm -hmm. which is amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. But that was a big inspiration behind developing Lusame. So maybe you could mm -hmm. kind of dive a little into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my younger sister in her 30s was diagnosed with breast cancer, which is young, and yeah. it was in her lymph nodes, so it was kind mm -hmm. of scary. And you know, Loren, as a, a family member of someone that's suffering, mm -hmm. you feel so helpless. Yeah. And you want to be able to do something to give them relief or support. And um, obviously there's nothing. But she wasn't sleeping because she was sweating because of the treatment. Mm -hmm. So um, chemotherapy, radiation, put her into years of menopausal symptoms mm -hmm. and night sweats. And, and she's trying to save her life and she can't right. sleep. Right. So that was the catalyst to do something, take my... 20 plus years of experience mm -hmm. and create a brand that would give all of these women suffering, whatever the health crisis right. is, um, a good night's sleep with, with a technology that mm -hmm. will help manage their night sweats. Mm -hmm. So um, it evolved into much more purpose. And we say at our company that we wake up in service of women every day. Mm -hmm. um, we don't talk about kind of how we support women in our community, but I think what you're saying is when you can authentically resonate mm -hmm. with your audience or a community mm -hmm. and what you're doing to offer support or something purposeful, right. you'll get a following. So right. it's that real, authentic, right. compassionate storytelling yeah. as brands that will connect with people if you're real. Exactly. Not fake. And also, too, I think because for you, this was based off of your sister's experience and it's mm -hmm. someone that you know mm -hmm. and you can see how she feels when she wears these. I think that a lot of brands like the idea of supporting certain things. You know, mm -hmm. I want to support cancer research or I want to do this or that. But it's mm -hmm. like until you actually take the time to, you know, talk to the people that you're building these products for, I think it's really hard mm -hmm. to kind of you know, hit the target market. Yeah. But I think for you, I mean, we've, all my, all the girls in my family, we've worn your pajamas for years. But then when my mom got sick and she was in the hospital, she would get so, so hot because of the radiation and chemo, mm -hmm. like how you were saying your sister yeah. went through. And she spent every single day in a Lusume pajama set. And some days we kind of wish she'd picked a different <laughs> one because the one thing is I feel like a lot of people think when you talk about women that are going through menopause or cancer or night sweats, that it's like not luxurious and sexy. Like mm -hmm. it's still, you have pieces that, you know, are a bit more conservative, but you also have like sexy lacy pieces. Mm -hmm. And my mom in her painkiller state loved the sexy lacy oh, pieces. Yeah. So sometimes our uh, doctors would walk in and I'd be like, <laughs> but moral of the yeah. story is that was the one thing that made her feel comfortable and at home. <laughs> That's awesome. I know, I know, I know. Um, you know, when you get letters from family members that one particular woman who lost her uh, mom really quickly to lung cancer in six weeks and she said the only thing she wanted to wear in her final days that gave her comfort was our pajamas. You know, we think we're in the fashion business, but when you're doing something to support women on such an emotional, hard-hitting issue, it just feels good to get into work every day and do that type of work. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that so many people can appreciate that. And, like, I think that cancer specifically is one of those things where, like, until you've had a family member yourself yeah. go through it or if you've had a scare or 
if a loved one does, like, I think, you know, when I was growing up, I would just be like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared of cancer, but then I never really felt like it would happen to anyone in my family, but, like, it does, yeah. and it sucks, and once it does, you kind of realize, like, what is important and, like, how you can support other people, and I think that, like, your brand being able to do that as one avenue yeah. is insanely impactful, but also, too, like, it can also be marketed to, yeah, people with menopause that are also maybe insecure about having night sweats next to the partner they're sleeping with. Mm -hmm. Or just the average person that gets, like, sweaty at night. Like, it's nice to have that, but they're also just comfortable, you guys. You gotta get them. Oh, yeah. But I think that one thing that was, like, so special was she just launched a pajama called the Leslie, which yes. is my mom's name, and a percentage of that is going to... Oh, my God, I'm gonna cry. Sorry, guys. But a percentage of that is going towards Pancreatic Cancer Canada, which is so amazing that you've, like, done that because you had a personal relationship with my mom, but I also know that a big part of the reason you're doing that is to, like, support my sister yeah, and I, which yeah. is super, like... And it has I to be like, noted funny. that the Leslie is super sexy. It is super sexy. And <laughs> totally Leslie and one of our best sellers now. So I think that's the universe, um, you know, putting more resources towards cancer research and, Absolutely. you know, purposeful things that help women. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that so many brands need to actually understand, you know, if they're working towards raising money for cancer research or whatever it may be like for mm -hmm. people to actually understand the stories of their customers and their clients and how it can impact them is so important and I think like for you I think you take your customers opinions very seriously mm -hmm. and you take advice from friends and family members and it's even though like you are so successful I feel like if someone ever came up to you with an idea based on you know a story they've experienced or a family member has experienced you care so much about what the people want and what mm -hmm. is going to help them that yeah. you can leave your ego at the door and your kind of like pre-planned ideas and mm -hmm. you can kind of alter to fit different demands mm -hmm. because you genuinely care about the people yeah. that are buying your yeah. products and I think that that's something that sets you apart from a lot of brands that you know do use the kind of storytelling more to exploit rather than to like mm -hmm. connect with other people so I think that that is something that you should be very proud of. What have you experienced from, let's say, failures mm. in your business plans or who you're choosing to be partners with in this? Mm. Or, you know, like what kind of stuff have you learned from? There's studies? been so many epic fails. And you want to be able to call it out and understand why it has happened mm. so that you don't make that pattern again. Because so right. often I see businesses, there's a screw up and then they blame the weather or they blame something. It's blame like, how did I call it wrong? Yeah. You want to really be vulnerable about your mistakes. But mm -hmm. I think the biggest mistake I made um, during COVID, and I had a partner at the time, and we talked about this on my advice, mm -hmm. was I spread myself too, too thin. Yeah. I was a mentor for UFC. Mm -hmm. I launched our nonprofit with my psychologist friend. I was trying to grow different categories at Lucime, mm -hmm. and I lost focus on what really matters. And at that time, 
um, that was in 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. it had to be putting a roof over my children's head, right. which was Lusame. Right. And I got distracted and sidetracked. Mm-hmm. And then I almost lost my company as a result. So mm-hmm. um, pay attention to what matters, mm-hmm. which is in the end, your customer that you serve every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you do have to pay the bills. And, right. you know, money, unless you're um, a trust fund baby, mm-hmm. you just have to be really careful about how you're spending it when you're in business. And Absolutely. I lost track of that. And I think a lot of people, too, especially when they're starting out, and this is one thing that I'm going to try and be really, really conscientious of, is when you're young and you start making good money, I feel like it's so easy to get so excited, like, oh, I can go on all these trips, buy all these nice things. And I think, you know, when you've been in university or in high school, and you have your part-time jobs or, you know, you work full-time in the summer, but you don't have, you know, that real, like, adult income yeah and I think even bigger on a business scale like I think that it's important to not get carried away by the money because yeah. as fast as you get it it can be spent yeah so much quicker yeah. so I think like do you have any advice for anyone whether they're starting a business or they're just entering the workforce mm-hmm. as a young professional and is starting to actually make good money that they can afford to you know mm-hmm go on trips, buy the nice things, you know, what's kind of your advice for keeping that in check? And There's the best finance book I ever read, because my family's in finance, was called Mm -hmm. The Wealthy Barber, and you're way too young to know what this is, but basically (laughs) the principle is you pay yourself first, 10% of your net paycheck after Mm -hmm. taxes goes into investments or a secured account, um, TFSA, RSP, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, and it's almost like you don't even think about it. You don't get to spend that money. And if you start at a young age, you will be independently wealthy by the time you're 40. But so many people miss that. It's like, I'll catch up in my 30s, mm-hmm. I'll catch up mm-hmm. in my 40s, but put money away for yourself and don't even think about it. Because you need you the it time early, for it to compound. Yeah, exactly. Well. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing too, like I think my dad, I'm not sure if it was the same book that he read, oh. but he's kind of been, he's always told me like, you know, when you get a paycheck, put X amount to savings, X amount to spending. And you know, having that stuff that you put away that you don't have easy access to, mm-hmm. especially when you're young as well, like TFSAs or mm-hmm. all those, you can put, I think, what, 5,000 into them a year, or mm-hmm. I guess depending on your current situation. But when you're young, if you're only making a couple hundred bucks a paycheck, it doesn't have to be a lot that you're putting into yeah. it, but like that will add up to be so much mm-hmm. down the road. Yeah. I've only just opened a TFSA last year, yeah. and I mean, this isn't the best time to open one because <laughs> the stocks are not amazing right now, but it's like I already feel like, damn, I wish I started that when I was like way younger yeah. because I think a lot of people, yeah, they always want to save or they want to, you know, see oh what's next what can I buy with this but when you have money that you're like I'm not touching that then that's also a good emergency fund as well if you know you get in a situation where you're like I can't work right now or I need to take a break I need to dip into that Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think that like having financial I guess stability Mm -hmm. I don't feel like you know money makes you happy but I think it can certainly help because if you don't have the stresses of okay I need to have paycheck to paycheck I have nothing to fall back on if I get sick or if I get injured and I can't work like financial security is Mm -hmm. so so important and I think that a lot of people can kind of you know look at what's shiny and new or you know be with people that can provide those types of things for you but I think it's important that 
you know, you're really making a mm -hmm. career and savings for yourself. Um, yeah, it allows you to be independent. You mm -hmm. won't ever have to be beholden to anyone, mm -hmm. and it allows you to have choices mm -hmm. at some stage in your life. So you won't be forced to take possibly a job you don't like mm -hmm. when you really you have a bit of a nest egg to work in your business. So, right. So it's a it's a great concept for young women. Right. Absolutely. And I think that that's some advice that everybody watching should take: save your money. But also, I think there has to be a balance too. About I mean, some people like for example, my mom. Yeah. She was always a saver. She mm -hmm. worked so hard. She didn't come from money I mean she was like comfortable but she put herself completely through university mm. pay, it took her like 20 years or something to pay off her student loans she very much I consider self-made yeah and she spent so much time saving but then it's like she passed away and she didn't get to mm. you know enjoy a lot of it so it's like I think that there's a very fine line between mm -hmm. saving for that security but also enjoying what you're like the money that you're making yeah you're right but. you want to find the moments right and mm -hmm. you'll be able to afford different moments at 22 versus mm -hmm. 52 mm -hmm. and um, you just have to recognize how to have fun in the moment when you can that mm -hmm. may not be a trip mm -hmm. maybe it's just a pajama party with your girlfriends right so it doesn't always have to add you know a huge mm -hmm. expense mm -hmm. but say yes and have fun is important too yeah and I think one thing that you know, my mom was really good at is just connecting with people and bringing people together. And the year she got sick, like we, she had a bucket list of a million different things. We went yeah. to a, a gun shooting oh range. My God, that was my favorite. Was my you favorite were crazy yeah, on hay. That was so funny. <laughs> but we did, like my mom rode on a motorcycle and we had lobster boils and there was Ferraris and like all this stuff, but so much of it just came down to who we were around. Mm. It didn't matter if we were spending money to go to Cabo, me and my mom, my sister, or if we were just going up to Terry's cabin in Invermere. Yeah. Like, it really matters who you're with and the people that you surround yourself in because you can, yeah, if you want to have different stages of life, you know, if I have friends now that I see myself having until I'm old and gray and shriveled up. <laughs> I want to be able to have just as much fun hanging out, in bed, chilling, mm -hmm. or going on a crazy trip. So I think it's a lot about, you know, who you surround yourself with. and That uh, theme keeps coming up in our mm -hmm. conversation, doesn't mm -hmm. it? It just does. Who you have in your life that adds value mm -hmm. and um, your tribe, who you, your mm -hmm. community is, um, it's everything. It kind of defines your choices. Uh, so it is really valuable who you choose to exactly. be around. Yeah. I feel like I'm subconsciously bringing this up into so many conversations because like I've been in a very like transitionary period of my life. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of my previous values or even just like the people that I put energy and time into is changing so much. Mm -hmm. And it can be scary to be like, oh, like I've I've been friends with you for 10 years. I have this loyalty to you, but this isn't fulfilling me anymore. Mm -hmm. So I think I keep subconsciously bringing it up because I know right now, like there are some tougher like decisions I have to make as far as like my personal life goes because I have so many amazing friends, but I think that once you experience something traumatic, whether it mm -hmm. be the loss of a parent or a bad relationship mm -hmm. or whatever it may be, I think you really know who's there for you long-term and who's not. And I think what you're kind of saying is like build up those like you got your six girlfriends or you got your mm -hmm. tight group, build up those people that are going to mm -hmm. be there the whole way. Yeah. Still be kind and nice to everybody else, but like mm -hmm. I think 
I think, yeah, I've been doing a lot of reflecting on some friendships I need to adjust. How has your role changed over the last five years? Role, life, work? Anything, whatever oh. you want it to be. A transformational value shift for me was how I measured success. Okay. So as I was building my business, I measured success in annual revenue, um, just the basic things, obviously, can we afford to live where we do, um, make sure my kids have good schools, whatever. And over the last few years, and it, it was all this transitionary period mm -hmm. of recognizing people in my life who weren't, um, the relationship wasn't serving me well anymore. Um, but what ended up happening was I value success in the relationships and the quality of the relationships, my ability to spend time with people I love. Right. So that's the definition of success. And if I don't get that, then um, mm -hmm. then I'm failing. Right. It's just spending time with people you love. Absolutely. Yeah. And how has your role as a leader mm -hmm. now changed? Because your your company has expanded. You have mm -hmm. in the last five years, you've gotten a lot more employees, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have a lot more people you're working with, and I think that having something that you built from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Being able to mm -hmm. let go of your little baby and like yeah. let other people, you know, trust other people to help you out and mm -hmm. pick up areas that you don't have the capacity to do. Yeah. How has kind of like being more of a leader changed? That was a real shift because I had to stop doing things and taking control of things. Mm -hmm. So I had to inspire and lead versus manage. And you put people in the seats on the bus and allow them to do the job, right. or they're not the right they're not the right person. Right. So right. it was really leading, inspiring, um, and supporting people for growth in their career mm -hmm. versus me just doing, doing, grinding, mm -hmm. month-end bookkeeping, etc. It was really, that has really changed in the last couple of years. Right. Yeah. And where do you see everything in five years? Personally, uh, professionally, whatever you want. I definitely have sold the business or IPO'd the business right. and maybe on a board okay. and just volunteering. I'd like to resurrect the SheWorth mm -hmm. um, social impact brand right. and just uh, work when I want to from wherever I want to. I think that that is like the ideal experience yeah. and I think you've worked very hard up until this point to be able to get yourself to a position where you are able to do that mm -hmm. and I think that you know a lot of people when they're talking about retiring like my dad for example he's like I don't really want to work a nine to five or you know 40, 60 hours a week for the rest mm -hmm. of my life, but I also can't just sit there and do nothing. Yeah. But I appreciate that even though you want to take a step back from the company itself, mm -hmm. taking on additional you know, volunteering and getting more involved with SheWorth, mm -hmm. and on, on that, where can people buy SheWorth? Um, really, the, the journal, the mm -hmm. book, mm -hmm. um, they would have to go to Kim's office and we can get a link Okay. Um, for anyone that might want to buy the journal because okay. it's a really good self-worth um, right. support tool for women. Yeah, and anyone that's watching this that is kind of looking, I think a lot of people right now, it's very popular on TikTok and everything, oh, spend five minutes in the morning journaling, spend 10 minutes doing this. Sometimes it can be a little bit hard for people to be able to sit down with their feelings, but I think one thing that's really incredible about your book is it gives you these prompts yeah. and it helps you kind of like it guides where your journaling is going. So if there is anyone that is needing some assistance with that, definitely we'll, we'll link it. 
If this is your first time tuning in to the G63 Club, welcome to my favorite part of the episode where we get to play a little game. It's a self-reflection game called the Calm Club, the Oracle. So what this game uh, represents is just finding time to sit down with friends, or you can even do it completely by yourself, and just opening conversations that you might not have thought about before. So, Lara, what I'm going to ask you to do is choose a card here. When she picks a card, there'll be a picture on the back of it, and then that picture is going to correspond to some questions in a little book we'll get into. So you can pick anyone that speaks to you. Oh, okay. A rose. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So Lara has gone with a rose. It just has a rose picture on the back. Sometimes it like throws you for a little loop and you don't know. All right, everyone, after our short break in our zen moment, we have landed on this question. What color of rose best represents you? Okay, this is a very private thing that's going to become very public in a second because I am, I am a serious person that almost dresses Amish most <laughs> of my life. And at... At an age a little bit younger than I am now, so far too old to consider this for the first time, I got a tattoo. Okay. And it's odd based on my personality, but this, this, it was a rose, mm-hmm. and it just spoke to me when I read about the symbolism of a pink rose, which is symbolic for motherly love. Aww. And I got it at a time where my, um, was really struggling on making the right decisions for my children so it was like this was going to give me strength and Mm -hmm. I nobody could see it you'd have to work really hard to see it um it's private but it just gives me so much power as a mother that if you lead with love as a Mm -hmm. mom you're always doing the right thing for your kids oh my gosh that's so touching I love that you You are a pink rose oh thank you darling you look like a pink rose (laughs) this is my sweating right now (laughs) it's the heat lamps you guys (laughs) for all the audio listeners I am gonna grab a card myself and have Lara read me the question so I'm gonna go with the cactus um, with a little picture here I don't know why a cactus is speaking to me today but you know what we're here Okay, so after careful consideration, Lara, can you read me the question? Regarding the cactus, your choice of the day, would you say you keep your guard up, Loren? So, I would say I do not at all. But I think that a lot of people talk about, oh, I want to be able to let my guard down and, like, let people in. And I think on the other side of that, I let my guard down way too much to Uh some, like, people that maybe don't necessarily deserve Mm. it because I feel like for me when I get to know someone or get close to someone specifically like with my like romantic relationships I get close to someone by having like deep conversations and getting to know somebody so I feel like I am very open and vulnerable about my experiences and I think a lot of the times that can encourage them to do the same Mm. but the thing is is I feel like I've been in situations where letting that guard down and opening up to people has like bitten me in the ass because I feel like sometimes if you let people see your weaknesses or the things that you're most insecure about those are the things that people can use later in life to get back to you Mm. so I think I don't have a guard up but I would like to build up a healthy guard Mm -hmm. not too guarded I still want to be open but I need to I need to figure out how to not 
let everybody into every aspect of my life Mm -hmm. as I'm talking on a podcast (laughs) to all of you. (laughs) But, okay, next what we get to do is you can pick a card Mm -hmm. for the club to read. Okay. So whatever one you think speaks for the card. Oh, the ivy. Love it. Lara has picked such an amazing card. I'm so excited to hear everyone's answers from this. If you want to be involved, I encourage you to comment your answer below. You can DM the G63 Club on Instagram, on TikTok. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can comment it below. But, Lara, I'll leave this up to you. How can you climb high above the rest? I can't wait to hear what everybody says. And with that, I just want to say thank you so much for being a part of this. I am so excited for everybody to get to listen to this. I think so many people can benefit from the things that they've learned from you. And I hope this also inspires people to, you know, really focus on what their core values are in a business and not not shy away from, you know, who they are and what they're working for. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, darling. You're welcome, darling, my little (laughs) British friend. Oh, I love you. Love you. Love you. (laughs)